Yay. Hello, everyone, and welcome oh, back to the Digital on. Nomad World weekly series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host. And today, we're going to be talking with Sina about opening digital nomad-friendly accommodation in Japan. Sina, I'm so excited to talk about this with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Nice meeting you online again. Yes, nice meeting you online, but... Let's start with like, this is an interesting story. Can you share with us, how did we meet, Sina? Well, I reached out to you at the Web Summit in Lissabon, I think one month ago, two months ago. And uh, yeah, really just wanted to connect with you on a personal level. But we had so many matches at so many points that uh, we, yeah, I got invited to this interview. <laughs> Yes, it was amazing. So I don't know for those of you who have not heard of Web Summit in Lisbon, it's a great place to meet tech-minded people, but really a lot of different-minded people. And we discovered we have a love for Japan in common, and we're going to talk about that today. I know a lot of people, a lot of nomads really are excited about going to Japan for the first time or always returning to Japan, because I think, and I think you would agree, Sina, it's such a beautiful, magical country. Yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yes. <laughs> okay. So can you first tell us, Sina, about your background and how you started your digital nomad journey? Yeah, sure. So my journey started over 10 years ago while living in a van in New Zealand without a smartphone back then. <laughs> um, since then, yeah, I live in over, I think, eight countries all over the world. I traveled even more. Um, I had many different jobs, also very shitty jobs. And my background is actually in diplomacy and governments, like, uh, for example, working for the United Nations. But currently, I work in IT. Wow, that's a whole other show, I think, how you transitioned to then be and got into that. But that's so do you have any favorite countries it, uh, that you've been to besides the one we're going to talk about? Really, <laughs> well, it really, really depends on how you feel like somewhere, right? And how inclusive this is and also safe, I would say. So, I, well, I really, really enjoyed my time in Amsterdam and New York City, definitely. Yeah, so many more. But yeah, I mean, currently also. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So today we're going to, as I said, we're going to talk about this company that you are working for, you're helping. Um, and it's how we got connected at Web Summit. Actually, you were there with your team. And this company is called Algorithmi, uh, and they're building digital nomad friendly accommodation in Japan. So can you first explain how did you get involved with a company like this and, and what exactly do they do? Sure. Yeah, well, I stayed in one of the accommodations while visiting like this historically beautiful mountain village in Japan um, for actually visiting a festival. And while I was sitting in the evening drinking sake <laughs> at the Irori, which is like the fireplace you can see here in the back, it's like a traditional Japanese fireplace, uh, I met Narumi-san and who happened to be the owner but at the time i really had no idea who he was and yeah fr first we became friends and then later i met the whole team actually oh so you were just staying at like okay can you explain what this place was like that you were staying at yeah so it's a very very old traditional ryokan as you call it like a traditional japanese house you know with the tatami floors um 
uh, those sliding doors, paper walls, a lot of dark wood, a Japanese garden with bonsais and like stone garden. And yeah, this like the, the mood is very traditional, um, but with a sort of very warm, welcoming vibe of community and very international. Mm -hmm. Okay, so is it, would you consider it something like, I think when you when you first were explaining it to me, you called it a smart hostel? Yeah, so we actually, we build and operate smart hostels, but they are smart because we actually enable them by IT, AI, and IoT. So most of the times we have shared accommodations, um, but you can also um, have a private room or living in shared rooms. So we actually renovated the first one in October, 2022, um, which is that 100 year old traditional Japanese house uh, I stayed in. So this was our first smart hostel. Um, and then we currently welcoming around thousand guests monthly and building like the community actually around a communal kitchen, which is quite large and very well equipped. Yeah, so to simplify the IT solution, which sits actually behind that because the property or the smart hostel is just one part of it, is that um, let's say you wanna grab a drink out of the fridge that would be like automatically tracked and paid for actually. And the interesting point of that whole journey I took there was, so we started October, 2022 and within half a year, we actually crossed the break even point already. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. So the thousand people you mentioned, is that all in that one location? How many locations do you have at the moment? So currently we operate one. And we are actually expanding um, quite fast. So we're renovating even a bigger house, um, also in the same style. Um, so we will at least have two up to three more houses within the next year. Okay, and are, are these all in the same town or are they gonna be starting to spread around Japan? So um, as of now, we're all in, based in Hida Takayama, which is in Gifu in Japan. Um, which is like a very beautiful UNESCO World Heritage Mountain village where a lot of things are around. So everybody crosses from there. It doesn't matter if you come from Osaka, Kyoto, Matsumoto or Tokyo. And um, we are expanding around Takayama currently. And the next stages are also Osaka, Tokyo. And then my personal favorite, of course, Hokkaido for snowboarding in the wintertime. And then also probably Okinawa for like surfing and diving and karate. Yeah. Wow. So you are targeting or, or is the is the main target like older homes or hundred year old, let's say, Japanese houses that need renovation and currently don't have any love, let's say, and you're just converting them into hostels? Yeah. Currently that's the plan, yes. Okay. Yeah, I've read articles. I'm sure people have seen articles about you can buy like Japanese homes or they're being given away or, you know, come here and remodel <laughs> it yourself. Like there's, I guess this is all over the country. There's opportunity like that. Well, it's not that easy, I would say. I think um, even before, probably also some people of our community looked that up before. It seems that easy, but it's not. For example, Hida Takayama is UNESCO World Heritage. Like it's not even easy to buy or rent anything as a local Japanese person there. Like you need connections and it's not really given. I know that there are those offerings like around Kyoto. I looked them up once as well, but what we created is purely unique. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds really unique. So I want to get more into the smart idea. Like, so I, you said, you know, you can just buy the drink directly from the fridge, I guess as well. Like you have smart check-ins, you can come in at any time. What other smart functions are in these hostels? So let's say the kitchen is always messy, right? <laughs> Those communal kitchens, everybody knows it. So um, we actually have our own hardware and software um, monitoring the whole kitchen. So there's, of course, also stuff in the team um, at the location that as soon as tracked, somebody can actually clean up. So that's one time enabled. Then we also of, um, have a technology with face tracking, for example, with grabbing the drink and we're expanding also in the future to more features. So just to make it more livable and easy to actually community, uh, communicate with each other and with the staff and actually avoid all those unnecessary daily things. You always have a little argument about while co-living. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I, I'm trying to also make like draw a picture for people because I know Japan like you do. And when you said shared rooms, okay, are you talking about like, I don't really see a lot of bunk beds in Japan and in hostels so much so, in the big cities. Yes. But a shared room in a house like this, I'm imagining that people are sleeping on the on the futon on the floor. Am I right? Yes. So in Japan, you have tatamis. Right, you know it better. You do speak Japanese very well, Becky. And uh, yes, you do sleep on a futon on the floor and also in the private rooms as well. And the private rooms, as we have them currently, they of course also have desks and a window. And when you're opening the window, that's what I love there. It's like you hear the river stream and the water splashing. And we also have a big um, living community room, um, which yeah, you can check later also in the pictures where a lot of people gather also in the evenings or what also is super lovely in the morning, having a coffee or tea at the Iruri, at the fireplace and working from there in front of the little fire. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Japanese countryside. And yeah, so for people who also may not know the futon, usually they're folded up in the closet every day and you, or, you know, they're put outside to get some fresh air um, and you, you just get them out every day. And then every morning you will fold them back up, you know, if you're, if you want the space in the room and put them, away or like pile them up together. So it's a really different concept if you've never been to Japan and tried this before. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, I want to ask about the kitchen. So I know from going to small Japanese towns that if you don't have a car, it's hard to access supermarkets sometimes. If you're lucky, there's a, con a convenience store nearby, but that doesn't have the healthiest of food. How does the food work or how does like going to get food work for the smart hostel? Do you guys actually bring food in for guests? So we do also um, have like some rather, uh, gatherings at the Irori doing like well, I do not eat meat, but uh, we offer eating, for example, Hida Takayama, uh, Hida, Hida beef, sorry, Hida beef um, on this little leaf um, to cook. And of course, local sake, uh, which where we also have like collaborations with the local sake breweries around. Um, but there is actually a supermarket, like I would say six minutes walking directly across the street and also a kombini. So I think it's a 7-Eleven and a family market around the corner. So um, the, the this little village is very well equipped because actually back in the days it holded a lot of tourists and they are uprising again. So yeah, it's very livable there. The only thing I would believe 
is missing in Hidetakayama is a donkey. <laughs> donkey shot, if you know it. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very large kind of variety store with like all kinds of things you need. Um, but I am very pleased to hear what you've said because it is not that common to go to, to have the combination of a beautiful old house, but also being close to all of those things you mentioned. So as a digital nomad, this is true convenience. Yeah. And in the future, we're actually also expanding that you could rent a bike with us or have the bike for the time of your stay. Um, it is everything is reachable uh, by walking the train station as well the train station is like the JR station is 10 minutes away um, but it is nice to have a bicycle yeah, yeah even for finding those like streams or canals around and getting more into nature from the center yeah for sure okay so I this now we're going to get a little bit more into Japan itself like why should digital nomads come to Japan so, you know what is it about this country that is so great <laughs> so well many people believe that japan is expensive but to be honest it's very affordable and the living standard is incredibly high so it's very safe and economically stable i would say and um, it's very welcoming for foreigners like gaijings like me or you <laughs> and of course as long as we respect each other i would say and yeah, the cultural aspect, of course. And I mean, the majority of people in my circles always only dreamed about living in Japan. Yeah, should I Should I go on? <laughs> it's a long yeah, list. Yeah, go on, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the natural aspect, like nature, not just the big cities, I can recommend. I mean, I love Tokyo, I love Osaka, but the nature is truly incredible. Here you can do any sports you want. Like go snowboarding in the winter or skiing, um, go with the huskies. And in the summertime, you can go surfing and diving and explore hikes. Yeah. If you wanted to have um, Takayama, where the hostel is, be your base, it like let's say I, I wanted to rent my place in a shared room for a month. Is there a place I could store my things safely, like while I go away to Kyoto, like and enjoy some of these things that you said around the country? Well, that's not a biggie at all. Like we already taking care of luggages also in the accommodation for some days. It is a different story if it's months, of course, um, but even then. There are some lockers I know of. And usually if you just leave it there for some days or you do it like a weekend trip and you just want to store a little bag or a suitcase somewhere, actually every JR station or metro station got lockers in Japan. It's like really not an issue. Yeah. It, Japan is so equipped for so many things. Yeah. And like one thing I find here living in Lisbon is little tiny things that I lose are very hard to replace, like by just going out into my street. But in, in uh, at the convenience store, you can get like single size for one person of a lot of things you're looking for. And it's another another way that it just makes everything convenient. So. Yeah, well, that's that's very good to hear. Um, also, like about Algorithmy itself, you mentioned how quickly they broke even, how quickly they're growing. Is it possible for people who are watching or listening to this to get involved with the company? Can they invest in the company? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> good question. Well, yeah, currently we are expanding, um, as I mentioned before. So through micro-investment schemes um, from individual investors. So starting from around 30,000 US dollars. 
So we offer opportunities for capital gain and long uh, long stay visas. So actually that means uh, we can give visa opportunities for Japan because we have people with a legal background in our team. Yeah. Oh, and, and is the team mostly Japanese or like a, a bunch of people from different countries? How big is the team at the at this moment? So and at the at the moment you can count the team on like almost two hands. Um and I'm so far the only gaijing, the only foreigner. So we welcome more. <laughs> <laughs> Having more Western um experiences also is important. And yeah, so far everyone's Japanese, but with very many based on different backgrounds, because I think that's where the team drives and diversity. Yeah. Yes, when I met the team, they did seem very open towards embracing everyone in who has a passion for the the company. So it it doesn't seem like a strict, rigid, you know, traditional Japanese company that may have slower growth or something like that. So I think, yeah, it's uh it's it seems very promising. Uh, and I look forward to you guys opening more locations. Um, and and that brings me to my next question. What are Algorithmy's plans for the future? Um, like you said, you mentioned bigger cities that they're expanding to. Actually, I need to correct myself there. I'm not the only gaijing. Sorry, uh -oh. Luke, if you're listening. <laughs> Luke, our handsome, uh -oh. handsome man, taking everything in manageable order in Takayama. There's one person in our staff who is uh, actually also from Europe as uh, myself, but I'm not working with him on a daily basis. So coming back to your question, <laughs> what are the algorithmic plans for the future? Um, well, it's getting really exciting now. So currently we are actually renovating uh, more houses. Um, so one... We're also going to cover a bit more on social media because it's so interesting to see when you rip off a part, an old house, what's actually underneath. And before there was like a very old person living and what actually happened after. Um, and so we're going to open up two or three more smart hostels in Takayama next year in 2024. This is definitely set. And yeah, so expanding, as we said, also Tokyo, Osaka, Matsumoto, Kansai area, and so on. And then, yeah, probably Hokkaido and Okinawa. And so the short-term goal is actually 3,000 beds in Japan. And the long-term goal is 30,000 beds internationally. So with a Japanese standard, yeah. Wow, I love how clear you guys already are on this vision. I'm very excited to have everybody start <laughs> coming in to Japan. And this is leading me to the next part of this. So there is talk uh, in Japan about that the Japan is going to approve a digital nomad visa maybe as early as next year. Do you think that this is a good idea for the country? And do you think it is likely to happen? Mm -hmm. So my personal opinion, right, I'm talking for myself here, um, is very positive. Um, about a digital nomad visa for Japan. Well, as long as it is designed to not abuse the system or overrule a culture, um, including gentrification, because that's a big topic in Europe, I heard, and somewhere else in Southeast Asia, uh, which I believe also is in the hands or the lace in the hands of our digital nomad community uh, when we start living somewhere. And I guess to be always aware of our surroundings is the key and our decision-making. And I do believe Japan will approve the digital nomad visa soon, considering the past conferences being held this year here. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree with you as well. I think that they are just, they're slowly 
walking in that direction. And I actually like that approach because it seems that they're having more collaboration with local organizations than you often see in other countries that have just had their digital nomad visa launched. So that's that's going to be really interesting for any nomad that wants to come and, and start to interface with the culture. And like you said, be careful about, you know, not disrupting that culture too much and respecting it above all. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm wondering, like, if, if the smart hostel, is there any any of the smart features that you are still planning on adding to the hostel as well. I find this concept of the smart hostel like so fascinating. I love the convenience of it. So, Oh yeah. Community is a very big topic, right? It's not just um, getting or like avoiding all those unnecessary bits, but the community aspect. So um, maybe planning schedules, um, also, I mean, working there as a community. So features so far, it's still being discussed. It's in the making. Um, so you can keep updated if you actually follow us somewhere. Okay. And also this, this popped into my head as well. In Takayama, are there any hot springs or they call them onsen in Japan? Are there any nearby yes. within walking distance? Tell me more about that. <laughs> Yes, there are some hidden ones as well. <laughs> um, well, yeah, we actually have a little collab with, well, it's more a public bath. Um, it's quite cheap even to get there to by walking from us. And there's another um, really nice one in a bigger hotel, which also has an outside area. But what I prefer is actually in the mountains, they are proper, proper onsens where you can like hike up to and sit in a bath. And yeah, you can just go there. So just walking from the hostel? Yeah. Wow. Is are those well, the one in the mountain you have to hike, eh? It's not like you're just uh having a little walk, like you planning it, but uh, it's worth it. <laughs> how how long is this hike we're talking about? <laughs> well, with snow or without? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that okay that actually brings me so i wanted to bring this up like you said you know a lot of people say japan is expensive and so they just like i i can't go there another thing people say is japan is so far away what would you say to those people to try to convince them to come far away from where <laughs> I, I know i hear this well when people are going from europe to asia you know they, they think okay japan is the furthest away in asia so i'm not going to go mm. there but they stay mm. in thailand or they go to indonesia well me also being around in southeast asia for quite a bit i do see the flights have changed right um most flights to japan are either going over I think Shanghai, Hong Kong, because they can't fly over Russia and um, over Taipei. I also do see that Thailand, I mean, this is just a hypothesis, what I'm saying here, but also my Thai friends say that prices do change there. And to be honest, it is worth flying. It is a quite a journey. I mean, you can count with like 23 hours until you're here from Europe, for example. But it's worth it. And when you're here, you will see it's not as expensive as you would think like back in the, how was it, 90s. Uh, or like, I think the first time I came to Japan was 2017 or 18. That was a different story. But uh, things have changed. Yeah. And to be honest, we are so well connected currently. Japan really doesn't feel that far away anymore. 
I agree. And I think that's not a great excuse for people to miss out on such a great country and such a welcoming place. Um, and mm -hmm. I would say the yen also, like the yen got so much weaker in 2022 yeah. and, and onward. I, yeah. I hope for the people it actually strengthens up a bit, but Watch for people thing. coming in, it's, it yeah. is a really prime time to visit. Yeah. I hope this will change actually in the future. Yeah. Another thing people tell me, because I talked to a lot of nomads about where, where they're going, they say, oh, I'm, I don't want to go to Japan because that's winter. Like right now, a lot of people are going to Thailand and Vietnam. They escape the European winter. And like, oh, but Japan's also cold. I can't go. What would you say to those people, Sina? Well, I do agree. There is winter in Japan and there's also <laughs> a lot of snow in Hokkaido, for example, where it gets like minus 30 degrees sometimes in the wintertime. But actually, Japan also has tropical islands, for example, Okinawa, which we probably also going to happen to have some accommodations, which are really close to Taiwan, if you look it up on maps. Um, those are multiple islands. There's this one main island, Okinawa, and in December, it's still 27 degrees there and you could go surfing and enjoy beach life. Like, uh, yeah, so they Japan got it all. <laughs> That's what I want to say. <laughs> Doesn't matter which season. And then like the, you know, yeah, behind you, the, the, the fireplace you were talking about and hiking even in winter to the hot springs. Thank you. Thank you for showing me that. It, you know, it's, it's, this is a really like Japan does winter oftentimes in a very cozy way. They, they are used to the winter for centuries. So they come up with these amazing ways to deal with it. Um, can you explain to people what a kotatsu is, for example? Becky, I think you're better in that because okay. I don't even know how to translate. Oh, because I wanted to ask you um, if, if the if the smart hostel has one. So a kotatsu is this really interesting, like it's a t low table that has a blanket attached to it, um, sometimes actually affixed and usually it's removable, but you kind of can cr like put your legs under this blanket, you're at the table and it's heated. So it's the coziest thing you can experience in a house in the winter. You can play card games. You can be drinking your sake, your beer, and you're just so warm under the table. And I want to export this around the world, but hasn't made it very many places outside of Japan. Well, most of them is gas heating, remember? Maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. Come on, but guys. probably also electric ones. I, I mean, of course, there are electric ones as well. Well, I just know from my Japanese friends, they Try, try to all avoid to buy buy it because it reminds them of being with their family and everybody just falls asleep and never stands up and the whole day you're just sitting there and not doing anything it's because it's so That's cozy so relaxing so cozy <laughs> does the hostel have a kotatsu uh, well, we have heaters, a lot of heaters, and we have very low tables on top of the tatami. I do not remember that we have that yet. We have a lot of also uh, hot water bottles. Do you call it in English, right? Yes. Um, but not a kotatsu, not that I know of. Maybe correct me in the comments later on, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I'm putting a request. Oh, so, well, Sina, We should need that, we need that. <laughs> yes, yes, you need that for the winter, at least for the winter, maybe not in the summer, but you know, the hot springs are always there, no matter the season, so you can enjoy mm -hmm. that instead. So you can enjoy that instead. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Sina, for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we go? Yeah, so yeah, whether you want to stay with us short or long term, or you would like to invest with us, uh, 
you can contact us via our website. And currently we're really reachable via booking.com. That works really well for us. We also have an, our own online link. If for long-term stays, it's better to contact us directly. And yeah, if you uh, need more info about uh, digital nomad life in Japan and how to organize it, we can really recommend another YouTube channel called Captain Ikigai. Okay, we're going to put the link to that as well as your website in the description. Um, and just want to ask you, what is the name of the hostel they said they should should, should search on booking.com? <laughs> Murasaki Vacation. Okay, Ayaka. we're going to put that link yeah. as well. So, and I'm really excited to see what Algorithmy does in the future and all of these hostels start to open. I know that right now there's not a lot of digital nomad friendly accommodation in Japan. So any companies getting in on this, you're early and you're going to have customers. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Sina. Sure. Thank, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Cheers.